Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. The final episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, ottoman, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters. Topic of the week is epilogue. Hi, listeners. It's Jem. And hi listeners, I'm Ria, although it would be very strange if this is your first ever episode and you didn't know who we were. <laughs> Time to say goodbye! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Uno reverse. Um, <laughs> well, it's our final episode. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. How are you feeling? Emotional? Distraught? Fine? Um, <laughs> fine. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, I mean... It's a little bit strange. Like, I don't, it doesn't feel like a different episode yet. Mm. Like, it just feels like we're doing our usual thing. Um, but yeah, it's strange to know that this is, like, I just said, nitwit blubber on my tweak for the last time. Um, <laughs> that's strange. Yeah, that's strange. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize I was going to change the opening until I was saying the words. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Smash. Here we go. Right. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I've never fucked up the intro once. Yeah, a, never was. A blatant lie. I fuck it up like a good 50% of the time. <laughs> <sighs> okay. God. This whole... One last time. <laughs> One more again. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. So you have like a rough structure for us of things we want to talk about. Shall we jump into mm. the story of our podcast and how it came to be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suppose so. Um, so to begin, we've both been Harry Potter fans for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Like me, as long as I can remember. And you also, as long as I can remember. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, man, how old was I? It was when I was in uni. I don't remember what year we actually started. It was like 2016? It was 2017. I looked it up. 2017. Which okay. means that we've been doing our math wrong because all year we've been saying we've been doing this for six years. It's actually five years. Five years. God, that's okay. so embarrassing. Why are we so terrible at maths? You don't need math. Yeah, it's useless. <laughs> so 2017, I'm in university and... You're, you're in uni? I don't know. What you yeah, doing? I would have been in uni. I had already moved down to Melbourne to do my master's, but I don't think... Yeah, no, I would have been in my master's at that time. Right. So um, my uni was out of state. I lived out of state from it, so I had to do a lot of driving to get to uni mm-hmm. most of the days of the week. And on that drive, I would listen to podcasts. And there was one particular podcast that I listened to that you and I both shared. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was an Australian podcast called Plumbing the Death Star. And I got up to a little mini series that they did where they were talking about Harry Potter specifically Mm -hmm. and um, some of the issues they have with the universe and how they might do things better and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It was like a comedy joke time, but I kept thinking to myself like, oh, like this is funny and great, but they're just getting some of the information wrong. Like they're not accurate. 
Um, and that's fine because <laughs> I'm not gonna. It doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> but I was no. Talking. They're like yeah. comedians. They're not like Harry Potter experts. No, <laughs> that's yeah. never what they were trying to be. They were just trying to be like, hey, let's have a funny, silly conversation about this pop culture thing. Mm. Not let's do a deep dive into the lore behind this story. Yeah. So I mentioned this to you and we were chatting about it. And I think this just sort of precipitated into a conversation of, but what if we had a podcast where we talked mm. about Harry Potter and we talked about all the funny, silly things and all the things that don't make sense, but yeah. we came at it from the angle of, we know about this series and we're going to like research and actually get things right mm-hmm. to try and make it make sense or figure out if it makes sense. Yeah. Um, the way you're telling this story is slightly different from how I remember it. Uh-huh, okay. Memories. So what I remember was, like I said, I had moved to Melbourne, so we were living several states apart and we barely saw each other, especially because at the time we were both in uni and didn't really have the money to travel and see each other. So we saw each other maybe once a year. Yeah. And we wanted to do something together and we had spitballed the idea of doing a podcast but couldn't land on a topic that we were both like equally obsessed with, basically. I think we talked about it like at Christmas and we just couldn't decide on anything. Right. And the only thing that we'd really come up with was Harry Potter, but kind of every other Harry Potter podcast is like a chapter by chapter, spoiler free review of the series. Mm. And we really didn't want to do that because we felt like that was a really stifling format, but we didn't have any other ideas. So we just sort of let the podcast idea go for several months. And then you were listening to Plumbing the Death Star, listened to that series and started being like, hey, what if we did this? What if we did this? And I had already listened to those episodes years back and I went back and re-listened to them and I vividly remember I was in an Ikea (laughs) with my headphones in walking around and I kept having to stop looking at the Ikea things (laughs) and pull out my phone and be like, okay, but they said this thing, but they got this detail wrong and here's how I think we would actually approach it. And me Mm -hmm. sending ideas back and forth with you and then you started pitching other questions and we both started talking about other topics and we had this big long conversation via messenger of me in the ikea cafeteria at this point (laughs) and that messenger conversation eventually got copied and pasted into our google doc and that became our big google doc of topics which has like ten thousand topics in it right wow you have a way better memory than me yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's how i remember it but like you know who knows? It was yeah. so long ago. Eons past. Who can, who can say? <laughs> but then it's like, it's very funny that this all started because we listened to a couple of dudes talking. We're like, yeah, that's funny and cool, but you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we know better than you. <laughs> Bless. Love them. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Oh, yeah. And like, all love to Plumbing the Death Star. Great podcast. Great people. We've all met them all. They're a Melbourne-based podcast, and we go to their live shows. So massive shout-out to them. If you like the style of our episodes where we get a bit unhinged and we're talking nonsense (laughs) and it's not as theory-based and lore-heavy, I would highly recommend going and checking out their podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how Plumbing the Death Star is intersected into my life. I also met my partner, Josh, at a (laughs) live show of theirs. Um, Yeah. And we're still together. (laughs) Anyway, um, so... Uh, from there, we had our Google Doc, and then mm-hmm. we started to try and make a podcast, and man, it's not easy to make a podcast, especially when it's 2017, and neither of you have any IT skills, and have never made yeah. a podcast before. So, we got ourselves some, the cheapest mics that we could, like, get, because we were just getting what we could afford. That um, I'm still using to this day. <laughs> we ha- we used some sort of system where it was like, 
we would call each other via mm. messenger online and then record that online phone conversation and then download that and edit that but that was really yeah. messy and it sounded terrible it was terrible it's yeah that we were a long using, time yeah. we were using a program called ringer Should which we put was, them on blast or <laughs> yeah let's put them on blast okay. this was you gotta think listeners cast your mind back to a time before covid yeah. <laughs> when everybody had to learn how to do like video conferencing online this was before then there was this program called ringer don't know if it still exists it was terrible but it was designed for like business meetings where you Mm -hmm. needed to have a record for the minutes so Mm -hmm. you could jump into this online meeting it would record the meeting and then send you the recording afterwards but for some reason if you talked for more than an hour the audio started to get really really out of sync yeah which was why if you go back to some of our earlier episodes uh once we hit the one hour mark i think on the first like maybe six eight episodes something like that uh our audio starts to overlap and we're talking over the top of each other and out of sync and it is a nightmare and horrible to listen to sorry listeners if you've ever had to get through that it's (laughs) abominable but uh we couldn't do anything about it. We didn't have the original audio of like our separate audio streams. We only had this awful doubled over mess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a real nightmare. <laughs> we tried our best to edit that too, but again, we don't really have great IT skills. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a mess. Then I think it was, oh man, it was probably when we were on a, a combined episode with the, the Get Sorted ladies, the host from that mm-hmm. podcast, that we learned from them that the way that they do it is they have an internet call, right? But they just record mm-hmm. themselves separately on their own computers with their own audio and then combine them later. And we're like, oh my God, that's a genius. <laughs> How did we yeah. never think of this? <laughs> I know. <laughs> we're so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, peek behind the curtain. We're idiots. <laughs> yeah, we're idiots. <laughs> that was... <laughs> Light bulb moment. <laughs> to be in the room with people who know what they're doing. Oh my God. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. By that shout stage, out to get sorted. Thanks, yeah, guys. Shout out to get sorted. You saved us. At that stage, we had stopped using Ringer, or I think maybe we were still using Ringer, but we'd figured out how to change the settings so that we got yeah. two separate audio files instead of the combined file. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was really hard to edit and annoying and not very good quality. So we did fix it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. so something else that i remember from our early days oh first of all one last thing about ringer because (laughs) this was so funny so what it did was we would both jump into the program we would click to begin the call and then it would flash up on the screen like three two one go yeah and obviously i start every episode with to our new listeners welcome (laughs) so at the time when we had first started the show what would happen every single time is i would have a word document with the intro up next to me on one screen and then we would click go and that three two one would pop up and as the numbers flashed my mind would go completely blank (laughs) there would be nothing in there empty space no not even elevator music it was just blank (laughs) and then as the go flashed up my mouth would open and about half the time that to our new listeners welcome would come out and the other half the time i would just be like fuck (laughs) oh man i forgot the intro again (laughs) yeah and it was it's... like that for about a year before I started consistently getting the intro down and not having to remind myself. These days I don't have it in front of me anymore. Mm, yeah. But yeah, it took me like two days, two days. It took me like two years before I was confident enough that I knew our intro to not have to have it in front of me to read. Mm-hmm. 
I think I should also mention, like, we have a very, like, sort of, like, pedantic editing process, which yeah. I don't think a lot of a lot of other podcasts have. Um, we've always edited it ourselves, even when we joined the That's Not Canon Productions mm-hmm. podcast network. We had the option of handing over our audio for someone else to edit it. But we were like, no, we don't want to do that. Because one, yeah. some of the shit we say is cringe and it needs to be cut out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like sometimes we make a joke it doesn't land or we go on mm-hmm. a weird tangent or we stumble over our words. So we are really pedantic about the editing process. And that's just for any listeners out there who think that maybe we're okay at public speaking. We're, we're really not. No. Um, <laughs> we just cut out most of the shit that mm-hmm. fills up the space and is actually not useful. So. Yeah, we would probably <laughs> cut like for me, I think I cut maybe five to ten minutes out of every episode, depending on how long it is mm-hmm. of like just useless shit of us saying, um, uh, uh hang on, <laughs> let me look this up. And just two minutes of dead silence while we're on wiki or whatever. That sort of crap <laughs> that you just don't need in the episode. I guess something that we struggled with in terms of our podcast, besides all the technical difficulties and learning all that shit, which again, I don't think we're experts at that even now. Mm. Um, it was the promotion and the social element of the podcast. Oh, yeah, we've always been terrible at that. Yeah, because one, I don't like to ask for people for money. I don't like to mm. put myself out there and be like, hey, look at me, come like my shit. Like, I don't like mm. to be that person. So, and we're both like that, which is great yeah. when you're starting a so-called business. I don't know if this is a business, a hobby. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. I've always looked at this like this is a hobby. Yeah. And like, if people listen to it and they enjoy it, that's fine. But I'm doing this to hang out with my sister, yeah. not because I want to make like a brand for myself or whatever. So. Yeah. I have yeah. no interest in being recognized. Yeah. Um, in fact, I hate to be recognized. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, it's been, it's been like interesting to sort of get into that area of things like i liked doing it in our own way like you would do the tumblr side of things Mm -hmm. i would do the instagram side of things we'd both do some of our twitter stuff but really it was quite minimal Um, yeah the best part for me was making all the memes on instagram Mm -hmm. um but i did run out of ideas this year sorry guys like you'll notice there's like less memes posted this year i literally exhausted all of my brain cells on memes so yeah, I like I have a Twitter, but I, I'm not on Twitter. I don't use it at all except to retweet the thing that you do twice mm-hmm. a month for the episode. Uh, I run our Facebook page and our Tumblr page. And mm-hmm. I I used to try and like regularly do content relating to each upcoming episode topic. But like, I just I hate social media. I don't like using it. It takes up my time. I don't enjoy yeah. it. So for the past few years, like all I've done is just do like a post for each episode as it gets posted and respond to any messages that people send. Mm-hmm. That's all I really do with our social media. So we're not, we've never really marketed this podcast. No, not successfully. We had no. like a red bubble for a bit where we were selling mm. some merch, um, but it didn't really take off. And I'm fine with that because frankly, the merch was kind of ugly. So yeah, um, <laughs> not the logo. The logo is beautiful. Thank you. Logo is beautiful. But... but our designs, because we have no graphic design skills. Yeah, like I said, <laughs> I put a couple of things together that was just like Fox Snape, basically, and um, I think I did like a rainbow one with not relevant to Harry's journey, but they were never very good. It was just like a couple of things that I could put together. That mm. yeah, I'm not a I'm not an artist. <laughs> never looked any good. It's really ballsy of us to be like, yeah, we can start a podcast, and we have no IT skills, no graphic yeah. design skills, no communication or social media skills. No. What we do have is uh, big opinions and like a entertaining dynamic to listen to, which is the 
what you that's what you need for a podcast. For the bones. <laughs> Everything the else is just flesh. <laughs> we had the skeleton. Hey, hey. We never said we wanted to be a successful podcast. No. And I don't want to be. <laughs> I just no, like I... to have fun and pull nonsense. Okay. So, uh, something that I started on before, speaking of recognition, how good we are at marketing. So back when we were first doing the podcast, before we had joined That's Not Canon, we were uploading all of our episodes ourselves. Yeah. We used to be able to track our statistics. Mm-hmm. And then we joined That's Not Canon. And I don't, know, I don't know about you, but I lost all of our demographic information. I just didn't yeah. have it. Yeah. So from, I think, maybe 2019 onwards, we had absolutely no way of tracking listeners. Mm-hmm. Last night at about 1.30 in the morning, I figured out that we have access to that information again because we've swapped to a new host again. We're still with That's Not Canon, but we're using a different program to upload our episodes. Did you know that? No. Cool. So I have data on our listeners. Would you like to hear it? Sure. (laughs) Oh, God. Just remembering way back in the day, like when we first put up our first few episodes and we're like, oh my God, we've got like 11 listeners. (laughs) Yeah. It was exciting. Look, it was so again, exciting. I didn't care about how far we went. I just cared about having fun. A silly yeah. goofy time. <laughs> it was our first few listeners were in Japan. We had yeah. we had listeners in Australia, but we knew who they were. <laughs> it was us, yeah. Belle, Friends Sarah, like we could count them. <laughs> but our first listeners were in Japan. Hi, if you've been here from the beginning and you're one of our Japanese listeners, we'd love you the most. <laughs> Arigatsu gozaimasu! Thank you! Nihongo wa hanasaimasen! Great job. Yeah, great. So I, uh, yes, pulled up our podcast statistics, and uh, there's a couple of different numbers. The first one I've got is total number of unique downloads for every single episode since we've swapped to this host. So that's since August of 2020. Okay. Want to take a slight guess at ballpark? Total number of listeners to every single episode. Oh, for every single episode, total number of uh-huh. listeners. I'm going to say, like, 40. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> you're thinking individual listeners. Yeah, no, this yeah. is, like, total number of downloads for every single episode all combined. Oh, okay. I, I, uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not good at numbers. <laughs> Math isn't important. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, you just It's uh, 36,902. Wow, okay. <laughs> Uh, I think I stopped breathing when I saw that number. <laughs> Incredible. Wow, that is a lot. I mean, yeah. It's probably not that big. Like, you know, like if we're thinking of it in the grand scheme of podcasts, it's probably no. still pretty low. But, but it's still, amazing. It's, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, so that averages out to about a few hundred listeners, like regular listeners. Most Sorry. of our episodes get between 300 and 500 downloads each. So like a solid core of listeners. I'm so happy with that. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> For the, ever since 2019, we had no idea if anyone was listening. <laughs> Unless you emailed in, we, like, couldn't tell. If, it could yeah. have been zero listeners. We had no way of knowing. This mic isn't even plugged into anything. I mean... <laughs> so, uh, I went through, like, average numbers for episodes, and there's a couple of outliers with how, which have really, really low stats, Right. But I figured out that those were the missing episodes. Missing ones, yeah. Right. So something that happened when we swapped to when we swapped between various different hosts over the years is a couple of episodes just completely disappeared from our feed. And mm-hmm. it took us a long time to realize they were gone. And then there were also a couple of episodes that were playing audio of other episodes. Mm. So this year <laughs> for our final year, 
I listened through everything we'd ever uploaded and like took notes of the episodes that were missing and the episodes that were wrong and I went through and fixed it all up. So finally, now as it exists, our feed is as it should be. It's every single episode there. But like literally, that's a round of applause, a moment of silence. Thank you so much. Oh my god, doing God's work. Yeah, I did like Like, the bare minimum. (laughs) No, there's no way I would have done that. Um, so well done. So um, actually, I might just say the ones that were missing, so that hey, if you don't recognize these episodes and you want to go back and find them, here are the ones that weren't uploaded. Um, episode thirty-four, the holiday special, are Harry and Ron the worst Yule Ball dates ever? Uh, oh, I missed one. Yep. Episode 30, the Halloween special. What's the best Harry Potter Halloween? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, episode 41, that's just the extended blooper reel for our April Fool special, the chapter analysis. God, that was funny. Uh, episode 42, how are female villains represented in Harry Potter? Oh. Uh, episode 55, Halloween special. Is Wizard Candy actually good? <gasps> that's a great one. <laughs> it's such a good episode. That's maybe one of our best episodes, and it's got Josh in it. Please look yeah. go back and listen. Uh, episode 59, another holiday special, Would You Eat a Floating Cake? Oh, and I I'm, think I'm very fond of that one. <laughs> that's a great episode. And I think that is the last one. And then the ones that had the wrong audio were What Would Hermione Be Like as a D&D Character? Which I think mm. is episode 9. And then Ginny Page to Screen, which okay. I can't find, but it's one of the episodes. You'll find it. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So if you haven't heard any of those and they don't sound familiar to you, that might be because you started listening after they had vanished. They're back now. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you can skip the Hermione D&D one. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that, it's not my favorite. It's probably uh, my least favorite episode we've ever done. <laughs> it's, it's definitely like bottom five for me. <laughs> but I don't want to slam it because uh, at a time, there was a time when I had an episode that I absolutely hated and I thought we did a terrible job and I really didn't like it. And I don't want to name it. But then somebody wrote in and they're like, mm. oh, hey, I really love this episode. It was about a subject area that I'm really interested in. And I'm thinking of like changing my entire career direction to study this thing. And like, I want to talk to you about this episode. And it was like, oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That really connected with somebody. So, hey, look, everyone's episode is somebody's <laughs> favorite. <laughs> One man's trash. Another man's treasure. As mm. they say. Yeah. So those are the episodes that have like 40 listeners or whatever, because they've only been up in the feed for a couple of months, really. Right, right. But we have two episodes that are literally 10 times more popular than any other episodes. <laughs> so for context, our third most popular episode is episode 89, How Would You Kidnap Harry Potter? That has 594 <laughs> unique downloads. Do you want to take a guess at our second and first most popular episodes? I'm guessing they're both single floats. <laughs> Got it in one. They absolutely are both single floats. Can I guess which ships? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say uh, Harry and Hermione is one of them. Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, Hermione and Ron? Nope. Ooh, uh, I'm way off. Um, <laughs> Sirius and Lupin? Yeah, Wolfstar. That's our second right. most popular episode, 1039. Okay, okay. Look at those numbers jump. What's the most popular one then? Is that, um... Oh, what is... Harry and Ginny? No, because that's the most recent. It's only just come out. Oh. I don't know then. Uh, our most popular is Drarry with uh, 1,738. That makes sense. Drarry. Yeah. Of course. How could I forget? <laughs> of course. It's literally, like, so much more popular than every other episode. <laughs> Drarry fans rise. <laughs> yeah. 
I knew that our single floats are really popular because I know that for a lot of people, that's their entry point. Like, yeah. so many people have emailed us saying... It's the gateway saying, drug to yeah. impersonate drug orders, yeah. I was going through our email <laughs> account to, like, look at all the old sort of fan mail we've gotten over the years. And we have, like, I think six or seven different emails that are like, I was Googling like Wolfstar or Drarry or like my ship name and I found your Sink or Float episode and that was my introduction to the podcast and now I've listened to everything. So yeah, mm. I know that a lot of people find us like that. Mm-hmm. If we'd been What's clever, this whole series would have just been Sink or Float. We would have done nothing else. <laughs> no, we can't, we can't be tamed. We can't be kept in a box. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Sink or Floats were fun. Mm, they were good episodes. So... Uh, how are we feeling about Harry Potter now, having done this show for five years, not six? Um, okay, that's a good question. Thanks, me, mm. for writing it. Um, <clears throat> so, it's complicated, because for me, um, Harry Potter and my memories of reading those books, you reading me the books, mm. connecting to these characters, falling in love with that story, like, writing fan fiction. <laughs> Dressing up in costumes and having Harry Potter themed parties and watching the movies yeah. and having movie marathons and making friends through this series. Those memories of my childhood can never be tainted mm. for me or taken away. And I'm glad that they're still Absolutely. I'm glad that in my mind they're still happy and I look upon those memories fondly. Um So I'm happy that JK Rowling hasn't robbed that from me <laughs> mm-hmm. um but i guess my relationship moving forwards will always be a little bit complicated and not just because of yeah. everything that has transpired with jk transphobe rolling um but also from what we've done with the show because it's made me understand the series from perspectives that i wasn't privy to as a child growing up mm. in australia it's made me understand this series and its racial elements its sexist elements its um, transphobic elements Mm -hmm. and um the way that we've done this show and analyzed the world it's also given me a lot of depth and understanding of how to understand the world better like maybe Mm -hmm. magic is emotion and all this sort of thing um yeah so it'll always be for me from now on i think i'll always have a complicated relationship like when i do rewatch my movies or i read my old books again if i ever do um Mm. but i'm happy to uh close the door i guess yeah um and i think i'm on the same page and like and when i need to look back on those memories i can open the door again and and look back on them Mm -hmm. and be happy with that but i'm not i don't need to keep building more rooms if that makes sense yeah Mm. yeah i think i'm on the same page as you i'm really glad we committed to doing one last year and gave us like time to breathe and wrap up and cover things we wanted to cover it feels good to come to terms with letting go of it because I wasn't ready to do this a year ago, even though I knew that it was what was necessary. Now I am. Yeah. That's good. Good. She's been through the seven stages yeah. of grief. <laughs> I have. I've had time to grieve. Uh, so I, I still love Harry Potter. I'm always going to love Harry Potter. But I'm actually, I'm really ready to get distance from it. Mm-hmm. So for the past like five and a bit years, Harry Potter has been something that's taken up so much mental space for me because it would be rare to go more than a few weeks at a time without having to like find some new (laughs) angle and do a massive deep dive or come up with something really funny and creative and interesting to share and like no matter how much fun that is Mm -hmm. it's draining so i think it's going to be a big relief to put it down for a while and i'm really looking forward to 
the next time that I want to come back to this story six months, a year, two years from now, the next time I want to read it, getting to read it from the angle of just somebody who enjoys the story and not somebody who has to do podcast nine and three quarters and has to think about it so deeply. I'm looking forward to just being like, oh, here's this story from my childhood Mm -hmm. again. If I want to, I can go and engage with several hundred hours of content about it that I made. But if I don't want to, I can just turn that part of my brain off and be like, ha ha, funny wizard (laughs) boy. (laughs) That'll be good. Literally, like, I watched... um philosopher's stone with josh because it's christmas and so we watch christmas movies and to me that's a christmasy movie mm-hmm. and so we're watching yeah. it and we were just making jokes about the mirror said and stuff and it's like tell me what you see potter it's like your mom or something like that you know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's nice to be able to like using more metaphors close the door close the book and then just like enjoy mm-hmm. where i am now with it and like Hey, maybe yeah. one day in the future, if I have children, probably not. But if I, if someone else's children, like if I have a nephew <laughs> <laughs> or a niece, you know. Yeah. If one day you have children and then I get to hang out with them, which is both of our plans for how to become an adult, you will have children. Oh, I'll be an well, adult. That's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. We're going to have to get a third sibling. <laughs> you know, um, you know, I can share the, the funny, exciting parts of Harry Potter with them, you know? If that's what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is always, like, it was such a meaningful experience doing this podcast. Engaging with fandom and, like, finding people and hearing their stories. And also, like, as an academic exercise, like, deep diving into this book. Like, we've learned so much. And it's always going to be so incredible and something that... I love so much and I'm so glad is going to be there to come back to like whenever we want to re-listen to episodes mm-hmm. they're always going to be there they're not going away unless the internet decides to disappear <laughs> so what have we learned doing this show what have we learned um I learned that our aunt was born with six fingers <laughs> on her hand <laughs> that was so wild learning that live on air <laughs> I feel like I've learned a lot because it was 2017 when we started this podcast. Let me just do mm. some math. Oh, God. All Would right. you have been a teenager then? I think I was maybe 19. Uh, What's your age no, now? Take away that. five I'm, years. I'm 25 now. So 20. I was 20. Yeah. Um, but when we were talking about it and probably getting our first episodes recorded, I was mm-hmm. 19 because we got them recorded early because we did the release in September and my birthday's in September. Yeah, yeah. we so... launched 1st of September, so you would have been 19 and just turned 20. Yeah. Yeah. Grim. Um, so I've definitely learnt You were a teenager. A, <laughs> a baby! I was a baby. Yeah. Still am a baby. Mm. But anyway, I've definitely learnt a lot in terms of um, myself, in terms of the world around me, and in terms mm. of my values which is interesting yeah Um, like it's gonna be like a real time capsule if i ever decide to go back and listen to these episodes especially the earlier episodes again wow the way i was thinking was like completely different to who i am now Um, yeah as someone who has just done that going back to the really early episodes (laughs) being like "Ooh, this was a time i've learned and grown so much any dear listeners Anyone who doesn't record a podcast, you should be grateful every day that there is not like, <laughs> like trapped in amber, a version of you from the past. <laughs> yeah. You can just be like, I've always been as clever as I am now. And you don't have to look back and see that. No, that's not true. 
<laughs> there's a monument to my own ignorance on the internet forever for everyone to find. <laughs> also, it, it's probably interesting. This is just a little FYI for the listeners. When I started this podcast, I thought I was straight. <laughs> so there's definitely, there's definitely episodes where I think I've said things like, "Oh, I'm not attracted to women," or "All my friends are gorgeous." I, I think women are gorgeous. That's just normal. Everyone thinks like that. Uh, FYI, <laughs> yeah. You know how in every single float episode we're like, "Are they gay? Are they straight?" And we eventually just go by until proven proven otherwise. I'm bi. <laughs> <laughs> So that's something I've learned from the podcast. You're gay. (laughs) It's extremely funny for me going back to those old episodes where you're like, hey, (laughs) Rhea, let's get your queer experience. (laughs) As if you're not right here with me. (laughs) Anyway, that's extremely funny. (laughs) What have you learned? Okay, what we're we talking yeah. about, things we've learned. Learn more about Harry Potter than I ever thought I would know. Yeah. That was crazy. Learn so much about making a show. Stuff like don't leave the window open so the loud cicada noises are all over your audio gem. Yeah. You did the same thing. <laughs> no, I didn't. I've never done oh. that. <laughs> I thought you almost... No, never mind. You almost did. Mind. No, I almost did, but I caught it. And I actually did once, but you couldn't tell on the audio. So... Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Got away with it. Um... <laughs> Something that I did learn was how to do a debate, which is mm. stupid, because we set this up as a debate series, and like we stuck to that a little bit, but we more and more le- left that sort of format behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, it took a while to get my brain into the right sort of headspace for our debate episodes. Yeah. It's definitely something that I wish I'd learned a lot earlier, where uh, originally I was approaching it as like, this is an argument that I'm trying to win. And I should say points that I genuinely believe in and like do my best to create a really good argument and try to win the episode. And really what I should have been doing is like if I'm in a position where I'm debating something that I don't believe in or like something that we don't endorse as a show, what I should do is like structure my argument to like pull the arguments from canon and from fandom and set them up as straw men for you to annihilate with your actual good argument. (laughs) Because the whole point is to talk through the topic and explore it, not to win a conversation with my sister. Right. So, yeah, that's something that I really wished I had gotten into the right headspace for earlier. Definitely before our House Elf Slavery episode, which I now can't <laughs> listen to because it's it's no good. Um, <laughs> once I sort of unlocked that, those episodes where I have to argue something that I don't like, like Snape's a good person, became a lot easier to get through and to structure in a way that's interesting and like good to listen to. Instead of one person being like, I've got the winning argument and the other person being like, oh God, what, what do I, what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 It was nice to actually learn debate skills because we Mm. both went to a school that didn't have a debate team. Yeah. Shit school. Um, (laughs) So it is nice to be able to learn these skills later in life. Mm -hmm. It's just a nice little thing. Yeah. You can learn at any stage of life. Mm -hmm. No one is too old or too young. (laughs) Yeah, like, we've, I think we've just learned a lot as we've gone. Like, there's definitely, there's been topics or episodes that we've done that, like, either I wish we didn't do them or I wish we'd approached it in a completely different way, or I just wish I had done a better job than I actually did. 
And like I said, I don't want to go naming and shaming episodes because I don't want to point out problems that I see if you, the listener, don't see them. (laughs) I think you were great. Thank you. I think you're also great. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Something I have learned is that, and this has come from the community, I guess, we built around the show and the fans that have reached out to us, the listeners that have reached out to us. Mm -hmm. Um, It's quite, like, nice and humbling and daunting, but also interesting to learn that people really connected with what we were saying and, like, even sought Mm. advice and, like, inspiration from us. That was a learning curve that was like, wow, I should actually be careful with what I say (laughs) Um, because Mm -hmm. I I didn't want to like put the wrong idea in someone's head. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, I think, well, definitely from my um, point of view, I started this podcast with the idea, like I'm having a conversation with my sister and if other people want to listen to that conversation, that's fine, but I'm not making it for them. I'm making Mm -hmm. it for you and me. And I still kind of do always have that attitude, but I became much more aware of the kinds of people who might be listening to us being overwhelmingly young queer Mm. people, young and impressionable queer people, and realizing that I have like a responsibility, like a duty of care to make our show a safe space. Like that's what it is. And so, so many people have written in and thanked us for the way that we approach queer topics and topics that we're not very good with in a way that's like trying to be sensitive and balanced and careful and like creating our show as a safe space we'll talk about this more later but that really wasn't something that i was expecting and i still look back at certain episodes and i'm like "Ooh, it's wild to me to think that like a 14 year old listened to this me being horny over a snake or whatever we were talking about (laughs) (laughs) i never the sphinx the sphinx was like that got all of us (laughs) i never expected that to happen I was always thinking, like, everyone who listens to this will be about our level of maturity and stuff. It'll be, like, adults. Because I, for some reason, yeah. I'm like, oh, hey, this podcast about a children's series will only attract, like, serious adult listeners, not actual children. Well, that's just our generational mm. thing. Because you're a millennial, I'm an older Gen Z. So we grew up with yeah. Harry Potter. And so most of the Harry Potter fans that we think about today are people that grew up yeah. with it. And now people older. that are in their 30s. Whereas there are still fans that are new to the, new to mm-hmm. the books, new to the movie. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have something that I learned in this podcast that this might be a bit grim, so we can absolutely cut this out, but I thought it might be worth mentioning. Sure. So, like I said, we started this five years ago, grown so much, got through so much during this podcast, both graduated university, a global pandemic. Oh my God. So mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. went through uh, like the worst mental health crisis of my life while we were making this show eagle-eared listeners might know that at certain at a certain point i lost my apartment in a flood and i was briefly homeless and during Mm. that time i like was plunged into this terrible despair while i was trying to complete my master's thesis i was deeply deeply depressed Mm -hmm. in a terrible way i was completely non-functional i couldn't get out of bed i couldn't brush my teeth i almost lost my job multiple times because just i didn't show up to work because i didn't have the energy to text my boss and say i wasn't coming in that kind of thing it was an absolute mess it was so bad I uh, had to spend a year on antidepressants trying to get better. And I did get better, and I'm fine now, and I'm off antidepressants, just in time for COVID. (laughs) It's a total success story. But I do distinctly remember, and I don't think I've ever even said this out loud before, so this is a new story for you as well. There was a time when I was sitting in front of my computer, and we just finished recording an episode, 
And, you know, when we're recording, it's like we try to have energy, be entertaining. You know, it's not like we're putting on a mask or anything, but we're elevating our normal personalities to be like, hello, we're fun and interesting. Listen to us. That kind of thing. So there's effort into it. We finished this episode. I think I even remember the one. I think it was a Ron one. Maybe is Ron a good friend? Something like that. Yeah. Saved the files. And like, as I was like shutting down the computer, I was so exhausted. I felt dizzy. I felt like I was going to pass out from like the Herculean effort of like putting together a page and a half worth of notes on Ron and uh, Mm -hmm. doing the recording and just like having to be a functional person for a couple of hours. It felt like I'd run a marathon and I had this moment of like this thing we're doing, the podcast, it's literally talking to my sister the easiest person in the world to talk to about my favorite topic the easiest thing in the world to have thoughts and opinions about it's the least taxing thing i can do and it used to bring me nothing but joy and it was a fun creative outlet and right now i feel like i'm pulling teeth i feel like i can't do it and the only reason that i'm forcing myself to keep up with it is to keep up the illusion that i'm okay and yeah. it was this moment that I realized, oh, I'm, I'm not okay. Like, I'm really, really not okay. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to get better unless I do something about it. And I realized that yeah. I needed help. And I did get help. I spoke to mom and I spoke to my doctor. And several years down the line, I'm totally fine now. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, that was a real, real low point. And this show and doing it with you was the catalyst that helped me halt that depressive spiral before it got bad enough that I did serious damage to myself. So there's something that I learned from this show. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good thing to learn. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, (laughs) listeners, if you're ever feeling like that, please reach out. You're not alone. Absolutely. Please get help. It's never too late. And it's never too much of an inconvenience for anyone to reach out to Absolutely. And, and say that you need help. And things can get better. Yeah. I'm I'm so good yeah. now. I keep saying, like, I'm totally fine now and it's feeling false. <laughs> but I'm good, like I said. I'm really good I'm now. I'm really fine now. But yeah, I, I was in therapy for a while. I was on antidepressants for a while. And I eventually just stabilized and got into a better place. And now I'm totally mentally healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cured. I'm cured. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Mm. Um, another thing that I've learned is that you are the dominant sister and I'm the submissive one. <laughs> <laughs> that was surprising because obviously your older sister, yeah. your wise sister, intelligent sister, role model sister, you know beautiful things. sister, taller sister, <laughs> like yeah, perfect sister. <laughs> you got perfect, yeah, better hair, yeah, all this stuff. <laughs> So the only thing I beat you at was eyesight. (laughs) Yeah, four eyes over here. Uh, But yeah, I realized this year when I did my big re-listen that I never sign off the episodes. (laughs) Every single episode, you're like, well, I've been Jem and you decide when the episode is over and it's finished and I never, ever do it. Powerful. I never realized I did that either. That's just my natural power coming You also start every episode because every episode before we record starts with you being like, okay, I'm going to repress, I'm going to press record in five, four, three, two, one. (laughs) And I even fucked it up because I think you do three, two, one because five was way too long. (laughs) It felt wrong (laughs) as I did it. Yeah. So you do like the countdown to us pressing record and the countdown to doing our clap to sync our audio and us like actually getting started. I'm the first one to speak in the episode, but you start and end every single episode. (laughs) The power I hold over you is intoxicating. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> and like, we never discussed that. It was never organized. We just fell into these natural roles. <laughs> I mean, it might make sense because I'm a bit more of an organized sister. Mm. Um, I tend to organize shit. <laughs> so maybe that's it. I don't know. I think I'm just like, I'm the kind of person who will step into the leader position when it is needed, but when it's not needed, I'm so happy to step back and let somebody else take charge and be more chill about it. I I think I'm just more chill as a person than you are. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not chill. I am, in fact, never let go of anything in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I can be like that, but again, especially since collapsing into this horrible mental health spiral and then dragging myself out, I'm like, I don't have the energy to always be in charge of everything at the time. I had to let some stuff go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think I can just be more chill with stuff, especially than I could. Like, even when this podcast started, I've definitely mellowed. Mm -hmm. That's just growing up, baby. Excellent. We love to see it. Yeah. Uh, are we doing what are we most proud of now? And yeah. then I put our favorite episodes after that. Yeah. Um, so what I'm most proud of are our listeners, uh, I think. Absolutely. Like, some of the emails that we've gotten over the years, some of the messages I've read, like, these are people that are truly amazing and inspiring and intelligent mm-hmm. and emotionally intelligent. And, yes. like, I'm proud of them. <laughs> like... They're, mm-hmm. they're writing to us being like, oh my gosh, you guys are so amazing. But really, like, I'm reading their stories and I'm like, no, nah, we're just two idiots in a microphone. Like, honestly, yeah. you're doing the most over here. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, every single listener who ever wrote to us and said, like, this show helped me come to terms with my sexuality or honestly, gender identity. Yeah. I'm like, you're braver than any US Marine. Like, Literally. you've done it. Yeah. This is incredible. Yeah. And especially me as a closeted person reading that, like, mm. <laughs> you're amazing. You were all amazing. Mm-hmm. I do remember thinking when we first, when we first loved the show, I was like, I shouldn't talk about my sexuality on the show. We should really stay on topic. <laughs> it's, not, it's not relevant to Harry's journey. <laughs> Did you really think that? Genuinely, truly. <laughs> I so did. Like, I actually sat down and thought about it before we started. And I'm like, should we should we touch on these sort of political topics or anything? Or should we really stay focused on Harry Potter? And I really tried to. And I don't even remember how many episodes that lasted. Like, three? I can't remember. We got a certain amount of episodes in. And I was like, yeah, fuck that. I love women. <laughs> I love women. <laughs> Political. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Imagine if the show had gone in that direction. Fuck that. It would have been boring. <laughs> boring. <laughs> yeah. Things that we're proud of. I'm really proud of how we've handled queer topics on the show, specifically for getting so much feedback from listeners saying that the show feels like a safe space yeah. and that being so important to them with how JK and the wider fandom has gotten worse over the period of time we've been recording the show. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Like I said earlier, getting feedback from younger listeners yeah, and people calling us role models and asking for our advice on things like multiple people have written in for career advice yeah. on like how to organize their lives. And I'm like, I'm just a, I'm just a person. <laughs> Don't ask me. I'm just, just a girl. girl. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> to have like, with our silly little show that we're doing, touch the life of a total stranger to the point at which they feel safe re- reaching out and asking for help is maybe the best thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. This is maybe my best achievement. Yeah. I also, I feel proud of you um, because Aww. 
I know that you've, you've, you've always been a little bit of a nervous public speaker and especially when it came to things like debating topics and like presenting mm. an argument in a way that's researched and structured and persuasive. Like obviously you're a great arguer. You always have been since you were like able to speak, but <laughs> not in like a formal setting. So I'm, mm. I'm proud of you because you've built those skills. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you were going to, like, International Model United Nations tournaments and, like, speaking and winning awards. And I got up at, like, a uh, open mic night at my local bookstore and almost had a literal panic attack trying to get through, like, a few lines of a story that I'd written. <laughs> That's where we started. And look where we are now. <laughs> started at the bottom for me and at the top for you when we met in the middle. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, well, now I feel like I have to say I'm proud of you. You don't have to. <laughs> Honestly, whatever. All right, well, I'm not proud of you. No, of course I'm proud of you. It's, it's emotional time. I know. <laughs> Jem, look at everything you've done. Look at what you've achieved. <laughs> Grown into a bright, sparkling young woman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course I'm proud of you. This is like less heartfelt, I guess. <laughs> Uh, I'm, yeah, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not done. I'm finished talking about you. I already said I'm proud of you. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm proud of like what we've created with this show. Yeah, yeah. I'm proud of our like creative episodes. We've gotten a chance to tell our stories. That was great. Our episode yeah. where we pitched Cursed Child, our Neville Chosen One. That was just yeah. long, long form improvised storytelling. I'm really proud of what we made with that. Yeah. And. Uh, but I think I'm proudest of our theory-based episodes. Mm -hmm. Like, the places where canon didn't give a clear, obvious answer, and we stepped in and did the research and figured it out and solved it. Yeah. Your theory about what magic is, and the way that we built that over years and figured it out, and, like, incorporated love magic and death magic and time magic, that's incredible to me. Yeah. Same with our theories on Dementors. Like exactly. I was going to mention Dementors as well. I love yeah. that we solved that. Yeah, like and mm. so, and it often happens now where I'll be online or I'll be out in the universe, and uh, people will mention something about the Harry Potter series that's like a quote unquote plot hole, or mm. this never made sense, this was never wrapped up. And in my head, I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Of course it was, but then I'm like, "Oh no, wait, that's we what wrapped it up." <laughs> Rio and I talked about, and I know the answer, and our listeners know the answer now. Um, <laughs> so it is solved in my head, yeah. but yeah. It's nice. Yeah. I am proud I'm, of that. <laughs> I'm proud that we did what we set out to do, which was to answer the unanswered questions of Harry Potter. Yeah. We did it. Like, we, did we it. didn't do everything that we wanted to do and in as much depth as we wanted to, but we did most of the big stuff, and I'm yeah. really proud of us for that. From now yeah. on, every time someone's like, oh, Quidditch is a stupid sport or whatever, just send us, just send the link to the episode. <laughs> yeah. We've done it. Or like, what was with the Department of Mysteries? That was never answered. Drop the link to the magic episode and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's there. The resources are out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely my favorite moments are when you say something unhinged and then I have to react to it. <laughs> so, so every episode every episode uh you saying that santa claus is some kind of sentient slime uh mm. that was great you deciding that you wanted to eat loose food two two of our <laughs> holiday episodes uh your unhinged plan for how to protect the philosopher's stone yeah that was fun. <laughs> those are my favorite moments my all-time favorite moment from the entire series beginning to end 
is in the chapter analysis episode where we read the fake automatically AI generated chapter of Harry Potter. Yeah. And the ep- the part where it's like uh Voldemort raises eyebrows or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The line is Voldemort raised his eyebrows and I'm like, that's interesting. It's confirmation that Voldemort has eyebrows. And you said maybe he draws them on. <laughs> and then I fucking lost my shit <laughs> laughing. And we had to cut it out because the whole point of that episode was we played it completely straight and we didn't laugh at all. Which was why we had to do the blooper reel of us losing our shit every five seconds. <laughs> that moment of you being like, maybe he draws them on. Maybe the funniest thing anyone's ever said. <laughs> Thank you. I'm here all night. Yeah, I got a shout out to some other favorites, which is our crossover episodes with Get Sorted and with Luke from Podcasts That Must Not Be Named. Mm -hmm. Those were such fun episodes to do. I really wish we'd had the opportunity to collaborate more, but it's just, it's hard being an Australian podcast. Everyone else is overseas or not talking about Harry Potter. Basically all of America. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And all the local stuff is like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Even like even with local stuff, it's like we're in different cities. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's too hard. <laughs> yeah, so every time we've had a guest on has been amazing. Let's do massive shout outs to Belle, Sarah, and Josh. Yeah. I think they're the only guests we've had aside from the other two, yeah, right? I think so, yeah, yeah. Great work to those guys on the house episodes, mm-hmm. house identity episodes. Incredible. Oh yeah, we nailed house identity. That's great. Yeah, too. yeah. I know. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Massive and shout then, out to uh, Belle. She's literally listened to every single episode. She's our hey! biggest fan. <laughs> yes, we love Belle. Give her a big kiss on the lips. Uh, and also shout out to Sarah and Josh for coming back to be horny with us in our fuckable beasts <laughs> and fuckable professors episodes. And yeah. Josh being a creepy little boy on the Halloween episode. Incredible. Yeah. That was completely improvised. He just fucking knocked it out of the park. Oh, he was also Dumbledore in our uh, tr- mock trial episode trial. for the prank. That's right. Yeah. Oh, and Josh was um, when we were going to school with Harry Potter as well. Josh has been here yeah. the whole time. The secret yeah. third host of Podcast Nine and Record. <laughs> he does live with me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's easy yeah. to get him in. <laughs> yeah. Easy to coordinate. I've got some favorites, theory apps, and then funny episodes. Some of my generic favorites... Why didn't Harry just shoot Voldemort? Our first episode. It holds up. It's classic. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does. It's good. The audio is not great, but we don't get that horrible doubling over effect at the end, or at least if we do, it's not very noticeable because we kept that one tight mm-hmm. and short. So we actually didn't run long enough to yeah. encounter that problem. So it's mm-hmm. pretty good. Like it does hold up. And I love that we did it. <laughs> the very first episode, one of the biggest problems people have, why doesn't Harry just shoot him with a gun? And we're like, cause it's stupid. It doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> As usual, the best stuff comes out of anger and spite. Yeah. <laughs> um, our sink or float series, because it's so many people's entry point and they're so fun to do. I love those. Mm-hmm. I was especially really happy with Hinny, our final ever sink or float episode from this year. I really yeah. love that. I love that we both actually genuinely got mad at each other. <laughs> <laughs> to the point at which, like, yeah. we stopped the recording and then just continued arguing about it. Like, genuinely <laughs> mad. It's like, no, we either have to turn the mics back on or we have to stop this. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> that was good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so our big, like, theory episodes, Australian Magic Series, amazing. Love that we did that. Yeah. What actually is Magic the Miniseries, the Dementors episode, we've talked about that. 
all the ones mm. that build on our magic stuff, like why are love potions sold in joke shops? What is love magic? Yep. What can it do? Can all wizards see in the future? Those are amazing. Like we made something really cool mm-hmm. with those. Um, mm-hmm. Also really proud of like our house identity miniseries we mentioned and what's it like to be queer or what's it like to be LGBTQIA+. Plus. <laughs> I think I always forget the P at the end. Mm-hmm. Alphabet Mafia. Yeah. Um, and like our other representation episodes, our masculine identity, our masculine heroism and queer and female villainy. Yeah. yeah. I really like our, um, is the Harry Potter series feminist? That's a yes. two-parter. That's probably one of my favorites. Because mm-hmm. um, I really liked that we gave the breathing space for a lot of those characters, especially characters like Cho Chang mm. and Ginny. I really wanted to get into them. Yeah. And yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah, I like that we hit up the smaller characters like Lavender Brown and Angelina Johnson yeah. and stuff. Like characters that just don't often get a look in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pudna. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so those are some of our big theory episodes. Uh, okay. The rest of my favorites are probably going to be the funny episodes with the exception of Neville yeah. chosen one, like that mini series. Incredible. Like I said, yeah. improvised long form storytelling. It was basically just an exercise that we did and it was great. Mm. Like with Cursed Child too. I, like I, I loved our ideas there with you and like Harry and like the midnight midlife crisis mm-hmm. and me with my like, four kids go on adventure yeah something for hype it's nice yeah. <laughs> yeah. so some of the really unhinged episodes that were just really fun and funny to listen to fun to record and funny to listen to the chapter analysis one amazing hells yeah <laughs> the way that we decided to commit to the bit of we're not gonna laugh or break character this entire episode we're gonna talk about this chapter like it's a real chapter and the way that we just stuck to that that was so funny that's maybe the funniest <laughs> thing i've ever done <laughs> We were kind of parodying a chapter analysis podcast a little bit. A little like, bit. In terms of the format, like that we were being very serious, we were being very analytical. Uh-huh. Like, no spoilers. That's maybe, what our, that's maybe what our show might have been like if we had gone for that route. <laughs> Except a lot less dry humor. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, God, I never thought of that as us parodying every other Harry Potter <laughs> podcast in existence, but that's even funnier now. <laughs> Love you guys. Love you guys. Shout out to every single other Harry Potter podcast except for us. And Get Sorted, the only two different podcasts. Um, uh, yeah, so some of your more unhinged moment. The holiday special, Would You Eat a Floating Cake? Yeah. The way that I'm so genuinely mad at you all the way through is great. Yeah. I was going to say, that's one of my favorite things is when you get genuinely mad. Genuinely mad. Um. Uh, is Santa real? And if so, is, is he a wizard? Unhinged. <laughs> Almost all of our holiday specials. <laughs> we just get yeah, loose around it's the end a silly, of the year. Silly, goofy time. Yeah. Holiday time. <laughs> Ernie McMillan, Psychopath. Another one where I'm genuinely furious with you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I think this is the only one where we did a real role reversal. What pets can you bring to Hogwarts? Yeah, that was a fun one. I really loved you. Yeah. You were so chaotic. <laughs> yes, that was the only time, or maybe not the only time. Okay, so our usual dynamic is either both of us are serious and sensible, both of us are being chaotic and unhinged, or you are being chaotic and unhinged and I'm being sensible. Those are the three <laughs> ways that we do it. And that episode is the only time where I get to be the chaotic one and you have to be sensible. And it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny too because I done our dynamic in real life is that you're more chaotic than I am. I think in most things, mm. I think it depends because the thing about me is, um, 
it's all fun and games until somebody activates big sister mode. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm serious. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas I'm serious all the time. Mm. Until it's time for a silly goose time. Yeah. (laughs) Until it's time for silly girl time when we turn on the microphones and turn off our brains. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm not like this in real life, guys. I'm a silly goose on this podcast. Yeah, like. because this is, this is a fun, silly zone space. Whereas for me, I'm like, this is serious. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just like, my sister's being annoying, and this reminds me of when she was six, and genuinely, I hated her. <laughs> <laughs> Got yeah. you in the end. Got me in the end. Uh, what's it like to live as a rat for 12 years? Yeah, that is a good one. That's- um. <laughs> people message me on tumblr being like this episode is so insane like what are you two even talking about you go on about a thousand <laughs> different tangents about rats like what are you even saying <laughs> what they don't like it are they, lo- <laughs> they don't want massive rat balls <laughs> they loved it but they were like isn't this a harry potter podcast <laughs> <laughs> look i'm a silly goose first harry potter podcast for second <laughs> Sometimes it's more important to be a big imbecile than to be a good podcast host. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the best use of the night bus? I think that's yeah. maybe the funniest episode we ever did, other than yeah, chapter analysis. Yeah, I was yeah. crying listening to that. I was crying in episode. Uh, like, I was inconsolable. The, there's two lines from that that you said that I have now incorporated into my everyday vernacular, which is, it goes up. It just goes up. It goes up. I say that all the time, and... We've all been to school. <laughs> Come on, use your brain. We've all been to school. I say that all the time now. <laughs> I'm a big fan of um, the Goldroy Lockhart episode where we just uh, do a deep dive into his character. <laughs> that was an episode that you pitched to me and I wasn't sure about because I'm like, well, there's not really going to be enough, is there? It'll just be like he was a teacher, he stole some memories oh, no, or whatever. But uh, oh boy. <laughs> You were so right. Yeah, I know. Because the story behind that was, I think I was talking to Josh about stupid Harry Potter stuff at some point, mm. and he mentioned that one of his favourite characters was Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, yeah, like he's funny and silly. And he's like, no, he's just like, he's such a fool. Like, mm. he's just the archetype of a fool. And so I read his wiki page, and I'm like, yeah, we actually need to talk about this guy. Yeah. All the crazy <laughs> stuff on his wiki. <laughs> <laughs> Another one, I, another favorite of mine is the Peeves episode when you're taking on this role of like Peeves is good yeah. actually, bullying works. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for the students to be humble because they hold the power of the sun in the palm of their hands. Yeah, but like I'm right. It's such a wild position to take. You're right, but also, are you? <laughs> okay. Let me ask you, were our positions reversed and you had to argue that Peeves was going to stay in the castle? What what angle would you have taken? Because that was the best I could come up with. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> he should be here because it's good for him to be here. <laughs> that was all I was left with. Yeah, convincing. Yeah. And my other favourite kind of episode, aside from theory and unhinged, is ones where we insert ourselves into the narrative and like improvise mm-hmm. a story together. Yeah. <laughs> what would it take to convince us that magic is real? Where we become these like immortal time traveling beings who are just refusing to believe in wizards. That's so yeah. good. Uh, the Halloween <laughs> special 
where Josh is the little candy-tasting boy and where both these terrified, like, candy shop owners feeding him the candy and trying to appease him. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> uh, and then, did Harry kill Cedric and what's it like to be educated with Harry Potter when we're both just students at the school who were, like, obsessed with Harry and every detail of his life? <laughs> Big Draco energy. It was amazing. Yeah. But... <laughs> My favourite episode of all time that we ever did is What Horcruxes Would You Make? Oh, yeah. That's that's a top five. Yeah, that is a yeah. really good one. <laughs> I love that episode. I've probably re-listened to it the most out of everything that we've ever done. Mm-hmm. Because for me, it's got the great mix of being funny, creative, and like genuinely good ideas about the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. And we accidentally built that mythology where where these two dark witches like the wicked witch of the east and west and we've got our dashing heroes and it was all improvised as we were going through but it was so funny yeah <laughs> you went we ended up living with mark zuckerberg and an eel <laughs> or whatever that's probably my favorite too to be honest <laughs> yeah like, i really love the um the feminist one that we did and some of our more like analytical ones or some ones where we bring in like a perspective that maybe hasn't been touched on so much like mm. when we were talking about what's the scariest moment in the series and we both came to the conclusion it was when the student gets notified in the middle of class their family's been murdered like yeah. that's just a take that maybe hasn't come up yet in mm. fandom spaces and it's just i thought that was really good and yeah yeah I, I, yeah sometimes we hit the nail on the head sometimes we're just mm-hmm. right and everyone should accept that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we are Harry Potter subject matter experts, <laughs> and sometimes our opinion is the objectively correct one. <laughs> best <run>. moment. <laughs> the best moments is when we are objectively right. <laughs> oh no, wait! I've I've found it. My favorite moment, hands down. My favorite moment is in the episode when I'm arguing that magic is emotion. Mm. and you're like but what about time time's not an emotion I'm like but why do I feel it and you just tell me to shut the fuck up <laughs> that's gotta be it I was so angry yeah I, I was stand in- by it <laughs> I was intending to put that on a shirt or something at some point but I never got around to it if time isn't an emotion then why do I feel it fuck off shut I'm up right. I'm right you're not right <laughs> Um, just one thing I wanted to cover that we never, I don't think we ever got to in the show, but it's a fact that I've read about Harry Potter that haunts me to this day. Um, and I need to get it out there. So, okay. There's this, this is so weird. There's a scene in Goblet of Fire. Right. And it's like at the start of the book when all the characters are at the Quidditch World Cup and there's a random dude who refuses to put on muggle friendly clothes. He's wearing like a, a he's wearing a dress. Yeah. A dress. And he says that he needs the air in his his yeah. genitals basically he needs to feel like he can breathe this character <laughs> is not just a random side character jk rowling and like fair warning this goes into a bit of transphobic ideas yeah JK- i was gonna say this is like reaping no sorry this is like really really serving transphobia yeah fair warning um so this guy is given like a whole name and stuff like that and it turns out that he's like a representative of this like league within the Harry Potter universe that believe mm. that magic is essentially stored in the balls. Have we ever talked about this before? <laughs> oh my god. I think we might have maybe off mic. Yeah. I can't remember if we've talked about it on mic, but dear god, I'm so glad we didn't let the series end without <laughs> touching this. Yeah. Thank you, Gem, for bringing like, us this. They're basically all wizards. They're all men. 
and they believe magic is stored in the balls and so they all need to wear dresses skirts kilts dressing gowns anything to have freedom of movement down there so that they can have the most powerful magic that's just something that's just randomly in the background and honestly it was a dog whistle <laughs> if we if that had been more publicized earlier on we all would have known that transfer of energy was spewing out of jk rowling <laughs> yeah that's grim yeah mm. <laughs> would you like to hear a horrible thing about harry potter that i learned recently and didn't have space to bring up on the show sure it's not transphobic it's just bad to think about and i messaged it to you at like two o'clock in the morning because i have a terrible sleep schedule yeah so in harry potter microscopes don't exist because wizards don't understand why you would look at something very very small when you can just use engorgio spells to grow it huge and look at it at normal size So if you're sick or whatever, they will take like a hair or a skin sample or something from you and then using Gorgio to make it giant and just look at it. But that, like, the point of a microscope is you're looking at the cells. Yeah, you're not looking so at... So like, <laughs> it wouldn't... You just have a giant thing of skin. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to like see any like cancerous cells or abnormalities or whatever it is that you look at inside of blood. You'd just be looking at this giant tub of blood. Yep. Wizards are so fucking stupid. Something that I will enjoy is not having to confront this kind of stuff at 2am. <laughs> so, no, 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 wait. It's not Wizards that are stupid. It's J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling is stupid. <laughs> she really said that. She typed that out and put it out in the world with her whole chest. Being like, yeah, yeah that's, made it that's exactly what wizards do. Bestie, that's not how micro- microscopes work. It's yeah, just it's not, not how, how microscopes... You're thinking of a telescope. <laughs> Or, no, not a telescope. She's thinking of a magnifying glass. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> now that we've done our final grievances for canon information that we had to learn against our will, uh, <laughs> let's do our shout out to the fans. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It has been so humbling and so heartwarming Every single time someone has emailed us or messaged us and told us that they love listening to the show or that we have provided some sort of guidance or help to them on something. Yeah. It's, it's like staggering. I can't even, you're so amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It's truly, it's, it, it's hard for me to process. Like when I first received the messages and then when I think about them and then when I'm responding to them, it's all hard for me to like actually process that this is a real thing that like mm. there's someone on the other side of the globe because it's usually is someone on the other side of the globe mm-hmm. who, and often someone much younger than us as well yeah, yeah who's going through a really bad time or has really struggled with the pandemic or is learning about their sexuality or their gender and it's just that they're like finding hope <laughs> and happiness mm-hmm. in what we do that's really it's 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 a lot it's very nice um yeah yeah. so humbling and we're so deeply deeply grateful to everyone who ever messaged us and also everyone who just listens to the show mm-hmm. like we hope it brings you some sort of happiness or joy or deep frustration and anger 
Yeah, we hope they're on the other side of the headphones being like, you idiot, that's not what it, how it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we, hope you, we hope you get so angry at us that you start your own podcast to prove us wrong, just as we did with Plumbing the Death Star, and so the cycle continues. Circle of love. Honestly, if someone else did start their own podcast to prove us wrong, I would be so excited. I would be so excited. Can we guess? <laughs> like, that would be great. <laughs> I'd be their number one fan. Honestly. <laughs> oh, speaking of number one fans. So I had a particularly surreal experience lately. Mm-hmm. All right. There's some backstory here. So I'm going to shout out another podcast in the Sandspans Radio Network, which is where you can listen to Pulling the Death Star. A show called Scaredy Boys, mm-hmm. a podcast where three cowardly friends listen to horror movies, watch horror movies so you don't have to, and they do reviews of horror movies. Yeah. I found this podcast in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic when like everything was terrible and I watched a bunch of horror movies and really enjoyed listening to the show and I wrote into them and like started they read my email out on the show and we started sort of having a bit of a back and forth about these horror movies Mm -hmm. and like I said this podcast network is based in Melbourne so I got a lot of their live shows so I went to their live show and chatted with the host of that show and like just basically was having a bit of a fangirl moment of these podcasters that I really like. Mm-hmm. And while I was there in the audience, I met the partner of one of the hosts of the show, and we somehow got onto the topic of Harry Potter, and I mentioned that I do a Harry Potter podcast, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like six months later, they did another live show, and I go to the live show and I'm in the audience, and that person that I spoke to before comes up and is like, oh my God, you're Rhea from Podcast 9 and 3 Quarters. We've met before and I've listened to your show now. And I had this deeply surreal experience of like, (laughs) I've (laughs) been recognized. (laughs) I am a fan of a podcast who has come to talk to the podcasters I'm a fan of. And and someone who's a fan of my podcast has come up to talk to me. (laughs) Yeah, surreal. And I had this moment of, like, this is simultaneously the most embarrassed I've ever been (laughs) and, like, the most euphoric, out of my mind, like, happy and excited I've ever been. Like a puppy that's had a squeaky toy in front of its face. This is how my brain is right now. Yeah. (laughs) That was an incredible experience. Deeply surreal. (laughs) But it was so great talking to her and hearing about, like, the episodes that she liked and the ones that she skipped over because she didn't want to listen to. Yeah. Very valid. <laughs> so valid. And I like messaged you about it, give like a, uh, like a, what's it called? Like a play by play of the entire conversation and everything we said to each other. <laughs> You've got a fan, Rio. I know. And, and I'm also a fan of her boyfriend, which is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Australia's a really small country. It's huge. <laughs> we just did a whole series on it. <laughs> Thank you to our fans. Thank you to that fan in specific who also invited me to sit with her so I wasn't hovering awkwardly in this corner of the room like a loser. (laughs) Thank you for everyone who wrote to us. And if you Mm -hmm. want to continue writing to us, if anything comes up in the Harry Potter world that is weird or funny or silly and you want to let us know about it or talk to us about it, we're going to keep our podcast nine and three quarters email open. So that is nine and three. Sorry, what is it called again? Um, it's nine and three quarters podcast at gmail.com yes. podcast nine and three quarters was taken for some reason, <laughs> even though I've checked and there is no podcast nine and three quarters. That isn't us. Mm. <laughs> oh, well, hmm. don't like that. <laughs> but yeah, nine and three quarters podcast at gmail.com. That's how you get to us. Um, 
and yeah, we like maybe we're a little bit late with our responses. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, but we will get back to you. <laughs> we definitely won't be checking it regularly. Like at the moment, we check it at least every two weeks because that's when we post our episodes. But we will keep an eye on it. We'll probably check in. I don't know every couple of months or whatever, just to make sure. Mm-hmm. But you absolutely will be able to reach us by sending an email through there. Um, it seems like Twitter's going down. Yeah, I'm probably going to take. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the only reason I have Twitter is to post about our new episodes. So we'll talk about this, but depending on if we're promoting our new show on Twitter, our Twitters might not be there. We'll see. Spoiler alert, new show. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. So my main social media is some, is Tumblr. Mm-hmm. and But unfortunately, my main Tumblr is not the podcast Tumblr. But... The Tumblr that I open for the next show, because I will be doing one for the next show, will be a side blog of the podcast Nine and Three Quarters Tumblr. Okay. So I will be logging onto it at least once every two weeks to post about episodes, just as I always do. So even though podcast Nine and Three Quarters at Tumblr or whatever it is won't be active anymore, I will still be logging into that account. So if you message me through there or tag me in anything through there, I will still see it. Mm-hmm. But I might respond to you from a different podcast. Yeah. From a different Tumblr, I should say. Uh, for the Instagram, uh, sorry, just on Tumblr, uh, I'm going to be leaving Twitter personally as well because, like you said, sinking ship. As soon as we've done mm-hmm. our last episode post, I'll probably do a last post being like, bye everyone. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll be leaving Twitter as well. I have considered returning to Tumblr. Ah, um, oh, do it, babe. Because, <laughs> you know what? I'm a silly goose now. Um <laughs> <laughs> also i did have a tumblr when i was like a teenager when i was like 15 to 18 mm. or 15 to 16 whatever um back in like the arctic monkeys era of time <laughs> do you remember that time <laughs> a truly wild cornerstone to hang your decade on but sure you know, the, the super hulock arctic monkeys uh, right super hulock is an era i remember yeah, that era of tumblr yeah gothic lolita vibes you know all that stuff yeah, yeah. tumblr has mellowed a lot now yeah. yeah it's it's very look it's the only place i would want to be it's the last vestiges of sort of the old internet mm. where you could be a little bit anonymous and you didn't always have to use your real name which i hate yeah. that's why i'm i'm twitter i'm sorry that's why i'm ria everywhere because i don't want to use my real yeah. name yeah um yeah, that's fun. And it's the thing about Tumblr is it's not a social media website. It is a blogging website with social media functions, mm-hmm. which is what I like about it. Because I can just post about my stuff that I care about and be silly. And sometimes people like it and respond and we have a chat, yeah. but that's the end of it. Um, so I was even thinking for our new show that I might write the, run the Tumblr because of, of oh. a part of the show that I'll get into later. Anyway, um, for the mm-hmm. Instagram, um, I'm going to be closing off the Instagram so um, there won't be any more posts and I probably won't be responding to any DMs or messages that I get through that or mm-hmm. any comments. So Instagram is not the place to contact us anymore. Send us an email. Um, but yeah. Okay. Well, depending on how it goes, Jem might be the one who's in Tumblr. But in that case, if if it ends up that I don't run the pod- the Tumblr for the next show, then I will still check in on the podcast nine and three quarters Tumblr. Yeah. I'll just do it the same way as we do the email where I'll check in on it every few months basically yeah. so now let's talk about our new show mm. <laughs> you yes. really thought we were leaving you... <laughs> thought it was over <laughs> surprise no what's that line 
Surprise, bitch. What's that line? Surprise, bitch. Bet you thought I was dead or something. <laughs> Bet you thought you saw the last of me. That was it, yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> anyway, I fucked that up. <laughs> Yay! Would, hooray! Would you like to pitch our next show? Okay. So, um, we're leaving Harry Potter behind. Our next show will be called Love, Taylor. And it's a Taylor Swift podcast. <laughs> so, the premise of this show is that me, Jem... I'm torturing my sister, Rhea. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm suffering. Rhea's trapped in this show. Free me. <laughs> Help us. Help me. So I, Jem, I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. Some might say a Swifty. And I have a lot of thoughts about all of her lyrics and her music and maybe some might say theories, <laughs> conspiracy theories about what her music is saying to us. And what she's trying to get across. Uh, Some might say even uh, the deranged <laughs> ravings of a lunatic. So, what I'm doing with this is I'm getting out all of my thoughts and my uh, feelings about Taylor Swift's music and her her stories that she tells for her music in this show to my sister because she can't escape. She can't escape me because yeah. we're bonded by blood and I have no one else to talk to. I literally have no one else to talk to. I cannot emphasize this enough. I have no friends mm-hmm. in the Swifties. My partner likes Taylor Swift a normal amount, but is not even on the same level as me. <laughs> my family yeah. doesn't like Taylor Swift. Rhea does not like Taylor Swift. <laughs> but she's done this podcast <laughs> for Matt with me for five and a half years or so and I'm trapping her in it again. <laughs> it's kind of like... So when our grandma got really old, she became insufferable to be around and we got her a little dog that she could focus all of her attention on so that she would leave the rest of us the fuck alone. <laughs> Rhea's the little dog. <laughs> I'm the little dog. So I'm jumping on this grenade on behalf of everybody else in Jem's life who needs her to stop talking to them about Taylor Swift because they can't handle it anymore. <laughs> I am Taylor Swift neutral, I guess. She's fine. I have no strong feelings about Taylor Swift in any particular direction, but I do love my sister a lot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm willing to put up with a lot. <laughs> so, so I will also be there. So if you're like me and don't particularly care about Taylor Swift in any way, shape or form, but like listening to us and enjoy our vibe, I promise I will make a space for you on this show <laughs> if you want to give us a try and try following us over. Maybe you'll enjoy listening to my takes. And if you're Taylor Swift positive or a big Swifty like me, I'm sure you'll find something that you enjoy in this show. We're going to be starting right from the beginning, from her debut album, Taylor Swift, all the way to Midnight's, which released this year. And we're going to be going song by song, and I'm going to be going take by take, and Rhea's going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Having her own takes. Um. Yeah. Jem's crazy corner and then Rhea reacts to Jem's crazy corner is, I think, how we're going to be structuring the episode. Yeah. I have a, a huge sort of theory about Taylor's music and what she's doing that I, w- I will convey in the show, but I hope you all enjoy mm-hmm. it. Uh, we're going to be releasing the show on the 1st of March, 2023. 1-3. Mm-hmm. 13. <laughs> um. I assume there's some kind of hidden meaning to that that I don't know or care to know. Here's here's what I will ask of listeners. 
if you are going to follow us over to the Taylor Swift um, podcast, Love Taylor, I ask that you please, please do not talk to Rhea about anything to do with Taylor Swift. You, you can send her messages and be like, I love what you said on this episode, <laughs> or I love you, and things like that, or you suck. But I would also like the <laughs> listeners to not do that. But here's, what, here's what's happened. So Rhea has heard Taylor Swift songs about her life because she's a human being. We've all heard Taylor Swift songs. Yeah. But I have banned her. So the last two years when we've come up with this concept for this podcast, I have banned her from listening to any Taylor Swift songs because I need her to be mm-hmm. reintroduced to the concept of Taylor Swift through my perspective. <laughs> like I said, oh, Rhea is <laughs> This is not... She's indoctrinated. This is not a healthy relationship. You're tr- <laughs> no, you're trying to indoctrinate me into your view of Taylor Swift so I can't be like tainted by hearing her music playing over the speakers in the mall or whatever. You have to leave the mall. <laughs> That's forbidden. <laughs> Yeah, I have to plug my ears and scream until it stops. Yeah, you have to skip any Taylor Swift song. Yeah, I think you've removed all your Taylor Swift songs from your playlist, right? I yep. have. The only ones that I have on my iPod, because I'm from the 90s. <laughs> I teleported here directly from the 90s, and I still listen to music on an iPod, uh, are the songs that we have already recorded the episodes mm-hmm. for, and I'm therefore allowed yes. to hear. Okay, so, and this includes not just Taylor Swift songs, so any new music, like you haven't heard anything from any of the Taylor's versions or Midnight's or anything like that, or even anything really beyond mm-hmm. 1989, you're kind of not really familiar with it. Um, no, I think I've heard Folklore a couple of times, but it only, I think it came out like pretty briefly before yeah. we decided to do the podcast, so I think I've only heard it all the way through like once or twice, and I've heard nothing of the latest one ever latest anymore, Midnight's, is there more yeah. after that? I haven't heard yeah. Midnights. No, no knowledge of so that at I've all. I've been, yeah, banning her from Taylor Swift songs, but also anything to do with Taylor Swift in terms of um, news about Taylor Swift, <laughs> knowledge of Taylor Swift's life or career. I don't want her to know mm. because it's important yeah. for me that I narrate the story of Taylor Swift from start to finish for her. <laughs> so please, brainwash like, me because she'll be coming. <laughs> she'll be coming at this show from from a perspective of someone who's naive about a lot of Taylor Swift's story. So she might make a lot of assumptions. She might like make a lot of claims and statements that you were like, that's not true because of ABC. Don't talk to her about it. <laughs> she needs to find <laughs> out in her own way over her own time because I need to, I need this to go correctly. <laughs> you know, when I said I never let anything go, this is that side of me coming out. <laughs> it's this, yeah. this type A part of me coming out right now. Um, I cannot stress enough how much it sounds like you are trying to indoctrinate <laughs> me into a cult. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and also, uh, just as my own little side note to listeners, please don't message me about Taylor Swift because I don't care and I don't want to know. <laughs> Send all that to Jem. She loves that shit. I only want to talk about her. So yeah, this is why... No, that's not true. This is why I thought I might run the, run the Tumblr because I just don't want you to come across spoilers, for lack of a better word. Um, yeah, well, that's true because I was thinking I would have to seek out posts about Taylor yeah, Swift I and reblog them. I don't want you to know them. about it. Um, okay, yeah, so you should definitely run the Tumblr then. So... Uh, I'm going to be managing the socials, basically, for Love Taylor. Um, obviously, you can send Rhea fan mail, but, uh, like, you know, just, like I said, no spoilers. No spoilers. Keep it on topic. The topic being how great I am and how much you love me and nothing about Taylor Swift. Okay, so that's releasing 1st of March. I have to say, um, I, I have been doing something this last year because this is our last year of the show. I have done something, and you're going to be a bit mm. upset with me. Uh. <laughs> oh, what could it possibly be? Listeners, the terror that has gone through me. <laughs> so, something about Taylor Swift is she likes to leave little Easter eggs. She likes to leave little Oh my hints. god, Jim, what have you done? <laughs> little hints and messages 
in everything that she does, whether it's a photo shoot, a speech, any sort of social media communication or caption, she'll leave little hints and Easter eggs. Um, so because this is our last year of the show, I thought it might be fun to leave, I guess, hints at the fact that maybe there's more to come and we're not quitting podcasting completely, like there's more show to come. So every single episode that we've released this year, I have said on air a Taylor Swift lyric or mentioned something oh to do with Taylor God. Swift. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> How could you do this to me? <laughs> she doesn't know because she doesn't know enough about Taylor Swift. Jen! <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Could you? How dare you? <laughs> how could you do this? I was wondering. If oh, any- you're the worst person in the world. I was wondering if anyone would pick up on it. Like at some point, I was just saying like full lyrics. Um, You've made me complicit in this. <laughs> You've taken advantage of my ignorance and brought Taylor Swift into the final year of our Harry Potter show. Oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> I guess you could say. I laid the groundwork, and then just like clockwork, the dominoes cascaded in the line. I guess you could say that. Um, I hate you. <laughs> so, <sighs> let me know. Uh, change of plan, listeners. I won't be doing Love, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> so, listeners, let- I'll be quitting all social media and going away to live in the woods forever where I never have to see my sister again. That's so folklore vinyl of you. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> Okay. I don't have to listen to this until the show starts. So, listeners, let me know if you happen to pick up on any of those Taylor Swift Easter eggs that I've been dropping over the last year. Um, I'd love to love to hear your thoughts. And I'm really, really excited about Love, Taylor. Um, please bear witness to my absolute insanity about this topic. And um, Rhea being quite disgruntled with me a lot. That's yeah. good. If you've enjoyed the last five minutes, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's going to be. So... Way back when we were recording our Neville Chosen One series, we had a period of time where we had a lot of episodes stored up and we didn't have to record anything. So we recorded a bunch of Love, Taylor, because we can't stop ourselves. So at that time, we recorded an episode zero for Love, Taylor. Like I said, this this was recorded over 18 months ago, so some of the information in it is no longer accurate because it's no longer timely. But we are going to add that onto the end of this episode here so you can listen to what the show is going to be and get a feel for it and decide if you want to follow us over. Mm-hmm. So we're going to insert that after the credits, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So stick around and listen to that. Okay. So I guess, is it is yeah. it my turn to end? It's it's Rhea's turn. It's, it's Rhea's turn to end the sh- entire show. The pressure. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Rhea. Thank you for listening to Podcast 9 and 3 Quarters. Um, I've been Jen. Mischief managed. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. No, really. Thanks. listeners welcome to love taylor i'm ria and i'm jem and today we're going to be talking about our new show welcome welcome hello listeners hi you have no idea who we are (laughs) so 
I guess we'll start here. Like, so we're both Ria and Jem. We're sisters. I'm 24 years old. Ria, how old are you? I'm 27. She's 27. <laughs> I'm 27. Um, <laughs> uh, we've been podcasting for a couple of years. Uh, our main podcast is, uh, God, what's it called again? I just blanked. <laughs> so we've been doing a show called Podcast Nine and Three Quarters. It's a debate show where we discuss our theories about Harry Potter and try to make the universe make sense and I guess now we're kind of doing the same thing with Taylor Swift's music we only have one style of show (laughs) one style of show where we talk about our hyper fixations and analyze the hell out of them until we don't like them anymore yeah (laughs) not not that we don't like Harry Potter anymore don't panic if you're following us over from nine and three quarters we're not quitting that show (laughs) no yeah it's still gonna go ahead we're just starting a new pet project as well while we're here um so that's us I guess Um, so I guess what we should talk about is what's our own experiences of Taylor Swift? What do we think of her? Mm -hmm. What do we like about her? What don't we like about her? Start as a preface. Okay. Do you want to start because you've got stronger opinions or should I go? Because I'm crazy. (laughs) I'll start. Um, okay. Okay. So obviously I've been a human existing in the world. So Mm -hmm. I heard of Taylor Swift when I was in primary school and that's when she sort of came onto the scene. Yeah. I knew her song Love Story. I knew her song You Belong With Me. And I was sort of... two that I wrote down as well. (laughs) as knowing. (laughs) I'd seen her music videos. I knew some of her things from like her Red album, like um, We're Never Getting Back Together, things like Mm -hmm. that. So I heard a bit of that when I was growing up into like my my childhood and preteen years and then the album that really like made taylor swift important for me was 1989 which was released in 2014 Mm -hmm. and so that was my like senior in my senior years of high school and that had a big influence on me i love that album i was obsessed with it i listened to it all the time i was like wow this is great and then basically like the rest of the world i think the temperature changed on taylor swift (laughs) Mm. things happened um, we're not, not going to really talk about it here. It'll, co- it'll probably come up later in our show. Things happened. Everyone's perspective sort of changed or shifted a bit on Taylor Swift. I didn't really care much to get involved, <laughs> but I was just sort of like, okay, this is something that happened and I took note of it. And then I remember when I was in university, the lyric video for Look What You Made Me Do came out in 2017. And I remember yes. this vividly because I remember, what a song. I remember you, Ria, sent me the lyric video, like the YouTube link to it. And you're like, look at this. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I was sitting down for my it's lunch bad. and I looked at it and I was like, huh. And I remember messaging back to you. This is a different sound for her. And then you messaged back. Yeah, it fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, there we go. My opinion has not changed. And I was a bit taken aback because I'd listened to it and I thought, you know, it's different, but I didn't hate it. <laughs> so I was, and yeah. because I'm a, a sheeple person, I was like, oh yeah, I guess it sucks <laughs> because I didn't want to disappoint you. <laughs> the power I have over you is incredible and intoxicating. <laughs> but times have changed. Now I'm the one in power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... That was that. And I didn't really interact with her much after that because obviously Reputation, her album came out. That was a single that was released from that album. But when her album came out, I heard there was not much success from it. No one really liked it. So I tended to not listen to it. I didn't, I avoided it. And um, I heard a few songs here and there after that. Like I heard about Lover and things like that. And then 2020, January, I'm sitting in my townhouse the beginning of the dark times (laughs) the beginning of a change (laughs) 
I'm sitting in my townhouse. I'm bored. I'm on Netflix. And there's this new documentary that's released called Miss Americana, which is a documentary about Taylor Swift. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> so I put it on <laughs> and I was like, wow. Okay. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to re-listen. I, and I did. I re-listened to a lot of her music. I listened to Lover. I listened to Reputation. I re-listened to 1989. And I'm like, you know what? I, the tides have turned. I'm a Taylor Swift fan now. <laughs> I'm 100% on board the Taylor Swift train. Woo woo, everyone all aboard. <laughs> and then, of course, after that, um, Folklore and Evermore were released in 2020 throughout the lockdown. And, and basically ever since that time, I've been 100% devoted to this woman's music. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I've been annoying everyone about it. Uh, yes. My partner, my friends, <laughs> you, I, my, my long-suffering <laughs> sister who puts up with me. <laughs> I think even for Christmas in 2020, I bought my parents Folklore, the album, <laughs> for no fucking oh my reason. God. I once said to my friend Sarah, hey, have you listened to Folklore yet? And she said to me, you're like a Jehovah's Witness, except instead of God, it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> so I knew I had to separate this thing from the rest of my personal life so I wouldn't drive away my friends. And so that's why we're here. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm an acceptable loss to you. Oh, yeah. You'll never leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Sisters, womb to the tomb. <laughs> we're trapped together. <laughs> so what do you think? What's your, what's your opinion on Taylor Swift? And what's your experiences with her? Uh, Okay. Uh, Weirdly, I think we kind of start in a similar spot. We're going to diverge. So I'm going to preface this with, I'm not the kind of person who cares about and seeks out information about celebrities. Mm -hmm. So everything that I've ever learned about Taylor Swift has been accidental and against my will. And that includes everything you have ever told me about (laughs) her and everything that I will learn over the course of this podcast. Yeah. I'm here against my will. I'm a hostage to my sister's madness. Blink twice if you need help. Good thing it's an audio medium. (laughs) Yeah, I'm blinking so much, (laughs) listeners. Please, God, send help. (laughs) So in terms of her music, I feel like I'm relatively neutral, but not because I've never been exposed to anything, but Mm -hmm. because I feel like my reactions cover the whole spectrum. So some of her music I absolutely love, some of it I absolutely hate, but overall, like, good, bad, I just don't care. Right. (laughs) So, like you, except a couple of years ahead because I'm a bit older, I was aware of her really, really popular stuff in high school, but only because it was impossible to be a teenage girl and not hear Love Story or You Belong With Me or those classics. (laughs) But I wasn't a fan. I just heard the songs that were playing all the time. Then, when I was in uni, I got absolutely obsessed with 1989. Mm -hmm. That's maybe one of my favorite albums of all time. It rocks. It's a great album. (laughs) It's a great album. I never listened to Reputation because I thought it was stupid, and I'm right. It is stupid. <laughs> and then <laughs> okay, and then I absolutely loved Lover. I think I went to one of the concerts on the Lover World Tour. That but can't I be don't possible. Know. I think you must have been to the 1989 one, because I remember you I have know. been to one. When What year was it? 2015, 2016 you went to a concert? That can't be right. Well, I moved, <laughs> I moved to uh, Melbourne in 2014. Yeah, and so where was the concert? Uh, I don't know, the big arena in the CBD. <laughs> it was in Melbourne. I feel yeah. like the one you saw was 1989 because I remember when she came to Australia for her tour and I really wanted to go to it, but I was poor, so I couldn't afford to go. But you would have mm. been able to do that, I think, at that stage. Yeah, that would have made... that The timing of that, you would have been like very, very late high school or maybe just graduated. Yeah, so it would have been 2015, 2016, I think. 
And so you yeah. would, and okay, that would so have been. Maybe it was the 1989. Yeah, 1989 era. Yep. Cool. So this is how little I care. I don't even remember the concerts that I went to <laughs> or what year it happened. Got to fucking puzzle it out like a detective. I'm so bad anyway. that you've been to a concert and you don't care about Taylor Swift. <laughs> I've never been to one. Here's my impression of the concert. I remember being like, I love this music. I'm going to go to the concert, going to the concert, enjoying the music. But a lot of the concert was set up in such a way that you learned things about Taylor Swift. And I hated that. Oh my I God. hated everything that I learned about her. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, I don't like this person. Wow. <laughs> we'll talk about that more later. Uh, and then after Lover, I don't know the other albums. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So in terms of Taylor Swift, the person, obviously, I've never tried to know anything about her. So I think my opinion of her is like this half-formed nebulous thing based on all the random scraps of information and impressions that I've gathered like unwillingly over the past decade. (laughs) And I would say it skews negative, but that's because I feel like she gets a lot of negative press. And I don't know if that's a well-founded opinion. Like... Like, when you have an opinion on a movie, but you've never seen the movie, you just have an idea of it because it's been referenced in a bunch of other pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be unpacking where I'm at on Taylor Swift over the course of this. But I will say that you, Jem, and maybe the listener, you're going to be surprised by the opinions I have and how I justify those opinions. (laughs) Great. Um, So just as a summation, at the moment... Do you stand that, like, as a person, do you like Taylor Swift? Do you not like her? Do you hate her? What's your... I don't hate her because I don't know her, but I don't like her. You don't like her? I don't... Okay. I, I have a vague impression that she's a liar, and that's stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't know this person, but she's a liar. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> yeah. I don't like her. I don't like her, and I have reasons why, and I'm excited to unpack those reasons. Okay. I mean, it's it's fun to it's fun to challenge our assumptions. It's fun to learn new things. It's fun to talk things out. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. So, I guess what I'm going to talk about now is how I'm hoping the show will go. Like, what we'll, what we'll talk about, what the structure of the show is. So, basically, okay. what I was thinking is we would start from the start. So we'd go mm-hmm. from her first album, her debut, and we'd go through all of her songs, and then next album, all of her songs. Etc. All the way until we reach her most recent album, which is Evermore. So, or maybe another one by the time we get to it. <laughs> by the time we get to it, maybe another one. So, as some most of you will know, um, Taylor is releasing her own versions of her albums. Um, we'll talk more about this later in depth, but basically, I'll just be saying that when we get to the album Fearless, we'll be doing Taylor's version, and similar mm-hmm. for Red when we get to it. Because by the time we get to it, I figure it'll probably be November. Anyway, um, and and you've got a justification for why that is, don't you? Yes. So we'll mainly like the purpose of this is I want to be looking at Taylor's music. And I know that in some cases when we do have to look at her music and analyze it, that will involve looking at her personal context. But ultimately, I want to focus on her music and what she's trying to say through her music. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I basically I just want to analyze all of her work in like an English student lens, basically. What is she saying? What are the motifs? What does this song mean? <laughs> what can we learn from this song, I guess? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, is that how you're imagining how we'll approach this? Is there anything else that you wanted to add to that? Yeah, that's in terms of approach. Like we've talked a bit about the structure of the show. That's how I see it going. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I guess I really have to bring to this, because you're the one with all the thoughts about Taylor Swift. <laughs> 
is I'm going to like I guess give an impression of each song at the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. and then you're going to try and convince me to change my mind I guess and then we'll see how I feel at the end of the episode yeah yeah so I have a scale should I talk about that now yeah yeah why not let's talk about yeah. the scale so I have a five point scale that I'm going to use to rate each song mm-hmm. and here are the points on the scale <laughs> garbage yuck numb <laughs> Banger and feral. And I'll explain those. Please do. <laughs> so a song is garbage if I hate it. Okay. A song is yuck if it's bad. All right. A song is numb if it's neutral and I feel nothing about the song. <laughs> okay. It's a banger if it's good and it's feral if I love it. Perfect. <laughs> and I really want to stress that this rating scale, it's not an objective judgment about the song and its quality because I don't care about that. <laughs> The only thing that I care about is how the song makes me feel, because my opinion is the only thing that matters to me. (laughs) Great. And I might also come up with a playlist and try and put the song on a playlist, because I I use playlists in a wrong and bad way, and it'll be interesting to explore that through the lens of Taylor Swift. Surely you just make the playlist as the five rankings, right? Like, garbage. I'll do that as well. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll make a I'll make a garbage playlist and a feral <laughs> playlist and all the playlists in between. But I like I feel like people put playlists like, oh, here's music that I study to, here's music that makes me feel happy or whatever. That's not how I use playlists. I use them different. Oh, you're built different. Oh, she's not like other girls. <laughs> I know. I'm so different. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm special and right, and the way I do things is correct. <laughs> Everyone has opinions. Unfortunately, only mine are correct. <laughs> okay. Or well, fortunately, for those of you who are listening to this show, because you get to hear the correct opinions about Taylor Swift. <laughs> right. Um, great. So <laughs> that's how we're going to approach the show. That's how we're going to be looking at all of her music. I want to talk about my thesis, I guess, because yes. the point of this show is I'm trying to prove to you my thesis about Taylor Swift and her music. So listeners, welcome to Jem's <laughs> crazy corner. Yes. Welcome to the crazy corner. So let me begin by saying this. Taylor Swift is one of the most successful and prolific musicians of all time. Her relevance, dominance across genres, plethora of music and place in the cultural zeitgeist has turned her into one of the most recognisable and most talked about human beings in the modern era. It's been said before, and I'll say it again. Taylor Swift is the music industry. Okay? Oh my god. (laughs) That Wild claims straight out the gate. Amazing. (laughs) That being said, Taylor Swift is an unknowable, unattainable millionaire. She is by no means a perfect person. Nobody is. And her struggles and tribulations most certainly pale in comparison to the woes and pains of someone who isn't drowning in money and privilege. These things are undeniable. And I'm not going to attempt to argue to say that Taylor Swift is a perfect goddess who has done no wrong. Despite her unattainability, there has been countless attempts to try to frame, analyse and understand Taylor Swift, whether it be through paparazzi and media, interviews, documentaries, articles, podcasts. Taylor Swift is one of those celebrities who I think for some reason more than others, everyone wants to carve out a little piece of her life or her music and put it under a microscope to try and understand it. Is this ethical? I'd say no. Is this entertaining? Apparently, yes. <laughs> um, in saying that... For, for people who like to learn things about celebrities, I guess this is good. <laughs> sure. In saying that, is that what we're attempting to do on the show? Yeah. And for me, it is coming from a place of respect and admiration. For Rhea, I, not so much, I guess. No. 
With all that foundation building established, I would like to state my claim, my thesis, if you will, about Taylor Swift's music. And yes, I want to focus on her music, not on her, although I understand that sometimes to analyse that music, we'll need to draw on her own personal context. This is why we're here, because I have a hyperfixation and I want to talk about her music and it what it means to somebody who can never leave me because we are bonded by blood. <laughs> so my thesis is as follows. Every song that Taylor writes, every entry into the so-called TSMU, Taylor Swift musical universe. You can't say so-called and then come up with something that you say. I'm talking. <laughs> Nobody so calls this. You're calling it that. T- Sorry, it's not my time to react. It's your time for crazy call. TSMU, Taylor Swift's musical universe, can be interpreted as a letter that Taylor is writing to herself, from herself, through the lines of space, time, and dimension. A future version of Taylor is writing to her past version and vice versa. A present version of Taylor writes to an alternate part of herself living both internally and externally from herself, as if in another dimension. In these letters, she professes love gives advice, mourns, wishes, tells stories that help her understand her feelings through the lives of others. She scolds herself, gives herself comfort, and learns and grows through these writings. As such, in our journey of exploring through her music, we have named our show Love Taylor to represent her signing off each letter she sends to herself. Now, this is just one person's interpretation, one person's opinion on what the meaning of Taylor's works are. And as we know, Taylor Swift is her own complex, private and independent person with a close-knit and tight-lipped social circle and family. And this means that ultimately, there are only two people who know for sure what Taylor is trying to tell us through her music. And that's Taylor Swift and me. I've done it. <laughs> I've cracked the code and figured it out. And okay, <laughs> that's why I'm doing this with you, Ria, because I need someone else to understand to carry this burden with me. Much like how the prophets of old spread the gospel, I need to unburden <laughs> this knowledge, this truth. Uh. So here we are. <laughs> Welcome to Love Taylor. Oh God. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm just just now the full scope of what I've signed on for is hitting me. Okay. <laughs> Is it time for me to react to your crazy corner? Yeah, yeah. Are we going to Rhea react? Crazy corner is closed. Please react. Okay. Rhea reacts. Amazing. It's my time to talk now. I have so many things that I want to say. <laughs> Let me try and structure them. First of all, you can't say so-called Taylor Swift musical universe. <laughs> <Okay>. TSMU. <laughs> I like that you are not focusing on Taylor Swift the person, that all of your thesis is coming from like her music and we're only looking at her to contextualize the music itself. Yeah. That's great. This brings me back to my high school English days. You got to know stuff about the author, but focus your interpretation of the text itself. Yeah. I also really, really love that you are only focusing on your own opinion (laughs) because your own opinion is the only thing that matters. That's great. Look, we're sisters for a reason. Yeah. (laughs) The only right way to look at something is my way. (laughs) (laughs) And it's time to convince the world. (laughs) Yep. Everything else about what you said is insane. Yes. Um, Taylor Swift can't write letters to herself in other dimensions. (laughs) (laughs) It's a metaphor, Ria. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) Metaphorically. (laughs) 
Maybe she wrote a song because she thought it would be catchy and make money and she is an entertainer and not because she was trying to speak to a past version of herself and communicate some deeper truth about the universe. I just disagree. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you are going to have so much fun trying to convince me of your craziness and I'm going to be so tired at the end of this show. (laughs) My main impression, my main reaction to what you just said is that it is a very good thing that you are a very intelligent and erudite person because you can take your insane bullshit and wrap it up in so many pretty flowery words (laughs) that it sounds profound. And I am so excited to hear you do that about, I don't know, we are never getting back together. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you. That's it. That's all my reactions. I'm so looking forward to starting this journey with you, Rhea. Uh, It's going to be a great one, honestly. And yeah, I I guess we'll leave it at that for now. I've been Jem. And I've been Rhea. Lots of love, Taylor. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 